Miracy. And so she's actually put effort into helping people understand that dynamic and coaching them through it so they can make progress on the learning that's important to them. I thought that was a really interesting direction. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Danny Eaney, the founder and CEO of Miracy, and I'm here with my co-host, Abe Crystal, the co-founder of Rizuku. Hey, Danny. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who is doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it or both. Today, we welcome Ellen Finkelstein to the show. Ellen is a PowerPoint MVP, as well as an expert in teaching people how to share their own knowledge through coursework. Ellen, we're really happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So let's just start at 30,000 feet. Tell us who you are and what you do and how you came to be doing it. And of course, how you eventually made your way over to the world of online courses. Sure. So what I do is I help experts get knowledge out to the world with an online product or course. And I go through a process with them that really creates an online business. So they might start by figuring out who their target market is and what problem they have and what, how they can solve it. And then they will develop a free offer to grow their audience. I spend a lot of time with people helping them build their audience on their own and through partnerships. And then they create a product or a course and sell it to that audience. So that's the basic process. I came to that because I was doing it myself for so many years and I decided to teach others. I started out writing books. So I wrote books on AutoCAD and PowerPoint from McGraw-Hill and Wiley and & Sons. And in that process, created a different website, not changetheworldmarketing.com, as an author platform. And eventually discovered that even though I was making good money with the books, I could make a higher percentage of it, you know, I, I was getting like 10% royalty of the wholesale price of the book, which is half of the book. So one of my books ended up being 1,200 pages and $50 retail. And so I would get $2.50 per book, but I could write an ebook and sell it for $20 and get $19 of that. <laughs> so that sounded like a good idea because I had started building my audience and I could do that. And so I started writing some ebooks and then creating some online products and creating some online courses. And kind of that's how I ended up here today. Very cool. And so, how did you, what was the moment when you were like, you know, I don't need to just do this for myself? I could teach other people to do it as well. It actually happened in a funny way. I live in a small town in Iowa and there aren't a lot of jobs there. And I decided I would teach a course on how to create a website and create an online business. And I did this in my living room. This was in maybe 2010 or 2011. And I created changetheworldmarketing.com as a lesson for them. I, would, I created the website as we went along. I would show them how to do something. They would go home and do it. And then they would come back the next week and I would show them something else. And so I started teaching it that way to them and then realized that I really loved both teaching it and just doing it, just that process of having an online business and getting my knowledge out to people and helping people in that way. So the business you're running was actually built as a test case business. And then you were like, this is good. I think I'm going to do this. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So tell us about the course that you run today. I run a course called Knowledge to Income Roadmap. 
And it teaches the steps that I actually explained earlier, where people start by figuring out who their target market is and the problem and the solution. And they come up with a marketing message and then they create a free offer, grow their list, both themselves and through partners. And then I work through with them actually creating their online product or course. Often it is a course, but not always. And that's the roadmap. It's really these four steps of your marketing message. I call it your results capsule because it encapsulates everything about what you do. And then your free offer and then building your audience and then launching your product or your course. And so that's what I'm teaching now. Cool. Tell us a little bit about the setup, the architecture, the, like, if I were to sign up for your course, how much do I pay and what do I get? What is my experience like? The course is $1,997, although there's a six payment plan as well. And it's structured with pre-recorded short videos and a weekly class where people can ask questions. And because I take people on a kind of rolling basis, People can come in at different times. So people might be at different stages, but we have this group session where people can ask questions about whatever they're up to. And I do a little training on things based on people's questions and people's needs at the time. And we have a Slack group as well, where people can submit their homework and ask questions at any time. They do the videos at their own speed, but they have to do the first one before they get to the next one. And then they have homework each time. And then we meet weekly, and then we discuss things also in Slack. And how did you hit upon that structure? Well, I've seen it before. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think Danny's course was, was an inspiration, for example, for something like that. There's some other people also who do courses like that. Uh, Tom Poland did a course like that. And what I think was the unusual part of it was how I tested my course, not the actual course itself. So I think the course itself is fairly standard. It does a lot of things for both me and my learners. So it's easy for me to deliver because the lessons are pre-recorded, but yet learners get a lot of individual attention in the live sessions each week. And Slack just also makes it very flexible that they can ask questions at any time. So I don't think that's so unusual except maybe that I'm doing rolly entries every month. But what was different about it was the way I tested it, my pilot or my beta. So tell us about that. Okay. So the course would probably take about four months to go through. It's a fairly long course. There's a lot of content in it. And for me, it felt like it was too big of a chunk of work to just get out all of those videos, even though I know all this stuff. I can speak it out. I know it so well that I could just speak it out. But yet going through the whole process of really formulating the structure of each lesson and the exercises and all of that and, and the production of it seemed to me like a big project. So in order to test it, what I did was I broke it up into five separate little programs and for the different stages of it. So Three of them were workshops and two of them were five-day challenges. And I sold them separately over five separate months to my list. So the first one was a workshop called Create Your Irresistible Client Attracting Message. And you'd recognize that that would be that results capsule. And that was a workshop. I sold it for $47. And so in the process of creating that little piece of it as a course and selling it, it was like I was getting paid 
to test it, but without having to create the whole thing first. And then the next month, I did a five-day challenge called Create Your Irresistible One-Page Freebie. It was $27. Actually, challenges that people pay for are unusual, I think. But my purpose wasn't to sell something. My purpose was to test my course. And so people came in and they paid for it. And at the end of five days, had a one-page freebie and I gave them templates and so on like that. And then the third one was called Build Your List with People Who Irresistibly Want What You Have to Offer. Irresistible was kind of my word for the whole series. And it was a $47 workshop. Together, we got together. We did a giveaway. We organized two giveaways, actually, one for personal development and the other one for business. And so everybody in it had the experience of one way of growing your list also with partnering. And then the fourth one was build an irresistible relationship with your subscribers. And then the fifth one was also a workshop. This was a $97 workshop called Create an Irresistible Short Report. And so that was their product that they were going to create. And then they were finally going to actually sell something based on what they had done before. So that was how I broke up the whole course into those five small parts. And as I created worksheets and templates and, and PowerPoint slides, and, you know, all of that stuff, then it made it so much easier for me to put the whole thing together. I'm curious, you, you said, you know, my purpose wasn't to sell something, it was to test, which is, you know, absolutely the right approach to take. But running so many small, different tests, I imagine you had essentially a lot of data in different formats, very scattered. How did you keep track of it all to arrive at good conclusions in terms of what you wanted to keep and what you wanted to change and so forth? I got a lot of feedback from people during and after each one. So I think I just put that, you know, each of the events was in a separate folder on my computer. I have, you know, change the world marketing, a slash event, slash, and then the name of the event. So all of that was in each folder there. And it was mostly comments that they made. And I got some actually very nice comments, which I was able to use as testimonials for the whole program. See, you'd mentioned as well that your focus in designing this was to really help people with implementation, right? Like not just training or understanding the concepts, but, but putting it into practice. Can you talk more about how you approach that challenge? Because that's often one of the biggest challenges for course creators is to help their participants actually implement and apply the ideas. Yes, I have that experience too. And so I actually really liked this approach of five small little things, because especially the five-day challenges, they were really inspired to actually get things done. One person said that this was the best challenge that she had ever taken because she doesn't always finish challenges. And this was the one was create an irresistible relationship with your subscribers. And the system that I taught, this batch creation of emails and blog posts, she said, I saw that by doing that, I would have a skill that I could use for years. And so I was really inspired to get that done. I mean, it's, it sounds like you've hit on a structure that's working. Are there areas where you're still having challenges in terms of reaching participants effectively or, or just areas that you're looking to kind of further improve or iterate on in the future? Well, I do think sort of like you said, that now that I have a longer program, when people kind of go into something with the idea, this is going to take four months or six months, that it is easier for them to kind of lose that impetus they have at the very beginning. So you have to inspire people throughout. And I'm probably still learning about that, how to inspire people. And I'm spending some time with them on time management. You know, the idea of how you structure your day, you know, maybe 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. is growing your list. And maybe 10 to 11 is finding partners. 
And maybe you work on your content only in the afternoon from one to five. So I am trying to help people implement by helping them structure their day. Yeah, that sounds like a really cool approach. What's the feedback on that then from people? Yeah, people appreciate it. It makes it seem easier. People generally, especially if they're working on their own, they tend to have a pretty chaotic structure to their day and respond to what they see rather than keep a structure like you might if you were in a nine to five job. One of the things in the schedule that I teach people is to not look at their email or social media until 11. (laughs) So people say that it's helpful. I'm not sure that it's that easy to change long-term habits of people, but they do appreciate it. I do get some appreciation for that. Uh, Any other topics you wanted to address? I don't have anything else. I have a lot of notes. This was uh, really interesting. Ellen Finkelstein is a recognized expert, speaker, and writer who regularly shares her expertise on her site, changetheworldmarketing.com. But you can find her courses and instructional videos over at ellenfinkelstein.com. That's ellenfinkelstein.com, E-L-L-E-N-F-I-N-K-E-L-S-T-E-I-N.com. Now stick around for my favorite part of the show, where Abe and I will pull out the very best takeaways for you to apply to your course. Um, So Abe, I have a bunch of notes here. I mean, there's the usual kind of best practice pedagogical stuff. You know, she builds in mastery learning by requiring that people go through the video and say, yes, I understood, before moving on to the next piece. There's the flipped classroom of people get the lesson and then they show up live to the office hours kind of situation to discuss. So that's all good. But what I found really interesting as well was how she came to a lot of that stuff, because you know we've had people on the show who have studied instructional design and they have backgrounds in, in teaching in various contexts. But you know the best way to learn a lot of things is just by paying attention. Right, which is what Ellen did. She was like, Oh, I saw that people were doing this with other courses and it looked good. It made sense. I decided to do it. And you actually see a lot of that learning by paying attention, even really early on in her story when she was, you know, making 10% of wholesale on a $50 book. So she was taking home two and a half dollars. She was like, Wait a minute. I can make 19 out of $20 on an ebook that I produce and sell myself. So maybe that math is better. So there's a really strong kind of endorsement here implicitly of pay attention. There's a lot of information and opportunity around you if if you're just paying attention. What jumped out to you? Well, just to pick up on what you just said, it's also that you don't have to be completely unique, right? It's not as though there aren't other people also teaching how to, you know, turn your knowledge and experience into online courses and other products. There's plenty of competition in that space out there for Ellen. But that hasn't stopped her from succeeding, I think, in part because her courses are not just about information, right? They're focused on really helping her participants. And she's put a lot of you know, her own involvement into them to help people make progress, to create an environment where people are comfortable sharing with each other on Slack, for example. She's created an experience, and that's allowed her to have a successful program, even though there's you know many, many other options in, in kind of the same general market that people could be looking at. Yeah. And on top of that, your 
um, experience and perspective and personality and voice and story, those are also areas of differentiation as well, which is an important takeaway here. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, yeah, sometimes it gets overlooked as as well. I, there's room for hundreds, if not thousands of, of different voices, you know, all quote unquote teaching the same topic, but in their own unique style. You know, I also just like that, that Ellen put so much focus on like helping people move forward, right? Like her marketing was oriented around challenges to help people take action, you know, not just give them some kind of inspiration. And her actual program is very focused on helping people implement and take action on the ideas. But what I kind of thought was most interesting that she shared on that theme was this idea that like many people who work for themselves and now are probably working from home as well, they're not necessarily in a environment that's conducive to going through a course, pulling action steps out of it and making consistent progress. And this is something that I have noticed in the past when teaching myself online, but I don't think I really understood the problem in the way that that Ellen has researched it and explained it to us, which is that many people working for themselves just are having a lot thrown at them, right? They have many different inputs and demands on their time and attention. And, and it leads you to be kind of jumping from one thing to the next. And the course that you want to work on and learn from and, and implement is kind of at the bottom of that list of inputs and demands that are pulling at your attention. And so she's actually put effort into helping people understand that dynamic and coaching them through it so they can make progress on the learning that's important to them. I thought that was a really interesting direction. It was. It was an interesting understanding of and an addressing of the kind of environmental context that the students that she's working with are in, which is, you know, a critical part of the learning experience. It's easy to say, like a lot of people seem to focus on, you know, how do I create a really compelling, interesting course and, and content, but not so much about like, what is the real world environment in which, you know, someone is going to be participating in that course, right? And, you know, so you see courses that someone would have to spend, you know, 15, 20, 25 hours a week doing them, for example. And that's not even feasible, right? Unless someone is able to essentially, you know, plan to take a significant kind of break or reduction of their work while implementing the course, which is not possible in all contexts. Or if it is, you have to really make that clear to people in advance. So yeah, just designing around people's context and the, the environment in which they're actually learning instead of this idealized model of how we would like them to, to view the course. Yeah, you know, Danny Kahneman uses this analogy of imagine a board held in place by springs pushing on both sides. And if you want to move it in one direction, you could add springs on the other sides. In other words, kind of add even more tension pushing it in that direction. You could also just remove springs on the side where, where you want it to go. And, you know, the point being that if you want to affect behavior change, often the easiest thing to do is just remove what is standing in the way rather than you know, inspire and motivate and push people even more. And so it's really nice to see how Ellen really tackled both sides of that equation. You know, the other thing that jumped out to me was the fact that when people have an idea for a course, right, you know, Ellen, she wanted to create this like four month long course. And often what people want to create is this like, you know, beast of a course. And they think about, well, how am I going to pilot it? And there's this sense that there has to be a really close one to one correspondence between the course and the pilot. The pilot's like a you know, a less refined version of the same course. And I really liked how she took that four-month course and she broke it down into these five micro-pilots. And, you know, this one was a workshop and that one was a challenge. And she was able to 
really chunk it down and experiment with lots of different delivery and, uh, and presentation modalities to really see what works and what's effective and gather a lot of data. And you know, she said, my purpose wasn't to sell something, it was to test. And she learned so much from that experience. And you don't necessarily want to adopt that structure permanently, just like she hasn't. She's built her four-month course because you don't want people to face more buying decisions than they have to, right? If they can make a decision, yes, I'm in, and it's an easy decision, you don't have to turn that into five different opportunities for them to say no. But during the testing process, I think that was really, really clever. Yeah, a great framework for other people to adopt as well. All right, you want to do the readout? Yes. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder and CEO of RizzyQ, here with Danny Eady, founder and CEO of Miracy. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes Just Between Coaches, Making It, and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Coverton assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer, host production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Ellen Finkelstein for coming on the show today. You can check out her stuff at ellenfinkelstein.com. If you want to be the first to catch our next episode, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, the best way to help us keep making it is to leave a starred review or share it with a friend. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind the scenes kind of thing. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head on. I'm Melinda Cohen and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a, that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. So while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah. Because We're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our forehead so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness, fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, 
you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.